Hey, podcasters, great podcast for you today. It's Friday. We've got a couple of things. One, we actually had to go into the dark web to pull for you because it has been banned by Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You can't find it anywhere. It is a leaked uh, recording of a conversation between Joe Biden and the president of Ukraine right after Donald Trump was elected. He, in that, does absolutely everything he accused um, uh, General uh, Flynn of doing. And that's when they they tried to put him in jail for doing exactly what Joe Biden just did in this tape. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. It is being erased. It's important. Make sure you listen to it. Uh, we also have Dinesh D'Souza on today. We have Adam Carolla. I mean, it's just a free-for-all Friday on the Glenbeck Podcast. Here it is. You're listening to the best of the Glenbeck program. We have audio now that is being actively hidden. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook have all shadow banned this. You're not going to be able to find this audio anywhere um, unless you have access to the dark web, which my research team uses the dark web. It's sometimes the only way to get information. Uh, And what what you have to do if you're on the dark web uh, or have a VPN, you can just log in as if you're a Russian server. And uh, so if you are if you're, you know, logging online from a Russian server, then you see the things that were banned in America, but not banned the rest of the world. This audio came from a Ukrainian source and uh, the Ukrainian source taped it is an Ukrainian official. They taped a phone call right after the election of Joe Biden. I'm sorry, of uh, Donald Trump. Joe Biden reached out to his people, Poroshenko, in, uh, in the Ukraine. Remember everything you learned during the, the um, impeachment hearings and what we showed you on the chalkboard. So he reaches out to Poroshenko, the head of the Ukrainian government, and it's recorded. Now, I want to give you several layers of this. What was the reason that Joe Biden said we could get General Flynn? Remember, the FBI said there's nothing here. He didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing here. And the next day, they had an emergency meeting at the White House without the FBI. The FBI said case closed. They had this meeting. Joe Biden was in it. Susan Rice was in it. uh, And so was Barack Obama. And we know because of notes that Barack Obama said, what do we what what can we do? Joe Biden said we can use the Logan Act. The Logan Act is something that was enacted in the 1700s. It's never been used, but it is when somebody would go over to a foreign country and say, I'm representing the United States of America. And they didn't represent the United States of America. And they tried to do deals with that country. Okay, it's an old-timey act. Never been invoked. Until Joe Biden said, we can get General Flynn. So they did. That's That's what they got General Flynn on. And the reason why is because he said, look, don't do anything crazy. 
we're coming into office to Russia. We're coming into office. And just please don't retaliate on anything this administration has done. It's a new administration, and we may be handling things differently. Okay? That was interference from the incoming administration. Now, this is the outgoing administration and the vice president calling the president of Ukraine. Here's cut one. The people they put forward to be part of the transition have to be clear. Stop, 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 stop. You know what? Let me, before we even start this, uh, put it back at the beginning. If you're at your computer, I want you to take this piece of audio and I want you to burn it to a CD. It is being systematically erased by tech. Again, we got this from YouTube and the dark web from Russia because it hasn't been banned yet by YouTube in Russia. So everybody, if you have access, burn this to a CD so it's not lost. Uh, All right, here we go. People they put forward to be part of the transition have to be cleared to do that, just as we had to be cleared after the Bush administration, etc. They have not done that. They're trying to catch up and do it now since they fired the guy who headed up the transition just last week. The reason I bother to tell you that is I have been somewhat limited on what I'm able to tell their team about Ukraine. The truth of the matter is the incoming administration doesn't know a great deal about the situation. Hmm. So we know that the situation with Ukraine was dirty. We know that the Obama administration was doing stuff kind of off the books, a little wink, wink, nod, nod in Ukraine. What he's saying here is, I can't tell you because I'm limited what I can tell them, what I can tell you. So he's besmirching the administration, the incoming administration, saying, look, they're they're. I can't tell you why, but we're not telling them everything. Uh, There's some things going on. Well, what were those things going on? A bogus investigation. So we can't really talk to them about. And so they don't know what's been going on in Ukraine. This is a signal for him to say uh, if he was using plain language, he would just be saying, look, they're not part of what we've been doing. So don't say anything to them about that. Okay, that's what's happening. Now, here's part two of the phone call. Well, you're awfully generous. I don't plan on going away. I mean, as a private citizen, I plan on staying deeply engaged in the endeavor that you have begun and we have begun. Yeah. At least that's my objective. That's my objective. But if I go beforehand, I'm worried since they don't know enough, they will think I'm trying to gain them. They will think I am trying to put them in a corner. They will question my motive. Uh-huh. 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 And we do, Joe. And we do. I, I want to urge you to uh, look at this. Burn it, if you can, to your hard drive so you, we know we have it. Again, it is being censored by YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. They've all shadow banned it. Um, We can tell you why. If you go back and you look at a few of the episodes uh, of what was happening with, uh, just look at the episode on Hydra. If you look at the Hydra uh, episode about what was going on in Ukraine, you understand why all of this is going on. 
you can get those shows and all of the shows. In fact, last Wednesday show about the Civil War, the coming Civil War, that has uh, on the screen as we go. I had to move quickly because it's a lot of research in that show. It gives you the titles of all the other shows that we did that are in the archives. So you can watch that and go, okay, I don't understand that. Okay, it's on that show. Go back to the archives and watch that show. Um, The reason why probably this is being censored, since there's no evidence, the heavily edited recordings, um, they're thinking were stolen or they're entirely fabricated. Okay, well, really? Because we have systems now that can talk about deep fakes. And the and the hardest deep fake to make is audio. It's not even close yet. Video, it's pretty close. Audio is really, really hard. Now, these, these um, it's entirely fabricated or it was stolen. Uh, these are things that the that Twitter and Facebook have put in to stop foreign interference in this year's election. And unlike in 16, when Russia used bogus social media accounts or bots to wave uh, to, to wage misinformation campaigns uh, this time, they're being spread by legitimate American social media users. Um, The disinformation fellow at the nonpartisan Wilson center said the recordings are misleading to an audience that doesn't have the full picture. It's certainly an influence campaign. Well, you want the full picture? You can get the full picture at blazetv.com. You'll understand this in its entirety. You'll get it. You'll know what he says. Uh, you know, and I want to continue what we've been working on. You'll understand what he was working on. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. You start this. We're going to finish it. He's a good people. I've known Mr. Rossini for some time now. Have you ever seen him exhibit extremist behaviors or attitudes? What? The man's Muslim, so you enter his house without a warrant. Islamophobia. Come with me. He's running a terrorist nerve center or recruitment website. Or am I just an Islamophobe? He won't talk to me anymore. He knows what I saw in that room. And what does that tell you? He is the one that said, go to Cairo. Talk about the faith. You're not suspicious? I'm asking you, don't go. I will call you. It's gone viral in the Middle East. That you're preaching to Muslims. Well, I was invited. No, by me, mate. Who's there?
right? The, the, the government. Not a chance. The days of Entebbe are long over. Okay, this is as far as the law is concerned, you dead and buried. This is a, an incredible story by Dinesh D'Souza, based on a true story, and Dinesh is here to tell us about it. Hi, Dinesh. Uh, Glenn, it's always a pleasure. Great to be on the show. Likewise, likewise. So, tell us the story of of uh, the movie Infidel. Well, it's very simple. A, a Christian and a patriot uh, goes to an international conference. Uh, on world religions and is um, being interviewed about Jesus. And, of course, from the Islamic point of view, Jesus is a prophet. Correct. Uh, But he commits the faux pas, uh, if you will, of saying, no, no, it's not just that. Jesus is the Son of God. And sort of all hell breaks loose. Uh, the story goes viral. It activates all these terrorist groups. So basically what we're doing is this is the first movie. It's a political thriller uh, that confronts radical Islam. Uh, I think, as you know, Glenn, when Hollywood makes a movie about terrorists, they're typically like Russian or Eastern yeah, European yeah, yeah. or they live yeah. on an island. So it's la la land. It's dumb. Right. We wanted to make a story that is that is ripped from the headlines, that is based upon true events of Americans who have been in captivity in Iran. We wanted to expose what our director, Cyrus Naraste, um, knows a lot about, the Christian underground in Iran, never reported on in the Western media. And so all of this is pulled together into a kind of a nonstop action story. And, you know, Jim Caviezel delivers uh, like nobody's business. So it's a fantastic and a fun movie to watch and illuminating in all kinds of ways. So it opens today, which I think is perfect timing for you. Um, you know, I, I'm a movie lover. I love going to movies and, uh, I've gone to two movies in the last two months, which is really, uh, very low for us. And I come out, we, we come out and we like, what do you want to see? No Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, we saw that about 30 years ago, <laughs> 40 years ago. Um, and so now you have a wide open place and an audience that, that knows better than this bullcrap of the coronavirus that you know we can't we shouldn't ever be anywhere even a hundred feet away from people um i think you're going to do well well this is the thing it's we're opening in 1800 theaters and the theaters are behind us partly for commercial reasons they want to bring people back out they also know this is a terrific film. So uh, it's very exciting. As you know, I've been making documentaries, but Debbie, my wife, and I, we've long said that the, the gold standard of Hollywood is the feature film. In fact, mm-hmm. their worst propaganda is in feature films. The bad guy is always some business guy or the, some small-town pastor who's a secret member of the Ku Klux Klan. So we wanted to make a different kind of movie that reflected patriotic and Christian values that took seriously topics like honor killing, terrorism. And so this film was shot in Jordan. It's shot by an Iranian-American guy who is a convert to Christianity. We were really lucky to land Caviezel for the role because, of course, not just because he was Jesus and the Passion of the Christ, but because he has an international reputation and a very good feel for this kind of a movie because he believes in it. So, uh, Dinesh, how much license did you take with the stories? I mean, because that that will be the complaint. And you had to be aware of that, that you you have to make sure that it is accurate. I know it's based on a true story, but you can't throw in some supervillain. You know, it's it's like Christians. Sometimes they will make, uh, you know, everybody who's against, you know, uh, the the 
protagonist, if you will, everybody who's against the, um, uh, you know, the Abby Johnson of the movie is just a horrible, horrible human being. I know oh, you right. you so, don't do that. Uh, were you aware of all of those traps? Oh, absolutely. In other words, uh, two things. I mean, one is, of course, I'm very familiar with the sort of niche Christian movies and even the niche conservative movies based on Ayn Rand and so mm-hmm. on. And those tend to be both very preachy in tone because they, they look at the movie as an opportunity to deliver a message. And then they're very Manichaean. They're good versus evil. They're only good guys on one side, bad guys on the other side, which mm-hmm. gives the film a little bit of a cartoonish quality. So the goal here is quite different. And in fact, Jim Caviezel, who was on TV yesterday, he goes, this is no candy-ass Christian movie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it that way, but he's totally right. It's a gritty film. I've got to warn people, it's got foul language. It's got a lot of violence in it so it's a film that is immersed in the culture uh and it does not make this kind of manichaean divide between the good guy and the bad guy in fact there's a very bizarre rapport between the christian caviezel and the bad guy who's this incredible turkish actor who plays the leading terrorist a kind of british you know uh, a british isis type guy Mm -hmm. um and they have an unbelievable chemistry in the movie that i think is part of what makes this movie take off I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I, I remember as a young kid, um, Robert, who is I like my brother, he lived with us for a long time because his family was, you know, it just it was a rough childhood. And we had to go into the bar and pick his uh, dad up and take him back home. And, and, you know, and it was it was not a place where you want teenagers uh, to go into and that that really divey bar. But it's really um it really showed me something uh, that I've always carried with me. First of all, you don't go into a place like that alone. You got to have somebody you're going in with. And if you don't go into that place, you're not going to be able to pull anybody out. You can't stand outside and preach and, and uh, you know, stand there and call everybody inside a sinner. You've got to go into the problem uh, together and be able to speak the language and I think if I haven't seen your movie yet, I'm going to I'm going to go see it tonight. Um, but uh, if that's what you've done, that's genius, really genius. Well, you'll see that there is there are powerful human interest dimensions to the story. For example, this is also a movie about a, a wife whose husband is trapped in this horrible situation abroad and the U.S. government can't or won't do anything about it. And so she's got to go herself. And so she basically puts on the the handkerchief around her head and gets on a plane and goes to Iran. And so it has that that relationship dimension, which I think is what makes a movie strong. So our idea here was to make a really entertaining and fun movie, a thrill ride from start to finish that also packs a lot of information. And because it's ripped out of the headlines, it gives it an authenticity that so many other movies lack. Well, I'm glad to hear it, Dinesh. Great to have you on. Let me switch uh, subjects here. By the way, the name of that movie is Infidel. It opens in theaters nationwide today. Uh, you can find more about it at the website infidel nine one one dot com. Dinesh D'Souza, did you see the president's speech? I know you're so busy right now with the movie, but did you happen to see or read anything about the president's speech at the National Archives yesterday? Uh, no, I saw quite a bit of it. Okay, good. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I think this is it. To me, was just uh, breathtaking in a way because uh, it showed me that not only is Trump. Uh, 
a man of the culture. I mean, we've known for a long time that unlike other Republicans who focus on legislation yeah. and seem to be deracinated from the culture, almost like they live in a bubble. Yep. Trump is a man who, who, who swims in the culture. He surfs on the wave. But what, what impressed me was his attentiveness to the detail mm-hmm. of what the left is doing. Critical race theory, the 1619 project. I mean, Trump was all over it. Yeah. And that suggests that this is a guy who's fights in the trenches, and I could not be more uh, happy or impressed by that. I thought this was a fulfillment of Ronald Reagan's uh, farewell address. You know, he said, if, if we don't pay attention, there's going to come a day when we lose America, and we've got to teach it as parents and stand up to our schools, and that's exactly what he was saying last night, but he put teeth in it. He's like, we're going to stand up. Uh, yes, and I think long-term, Glenn, I think you know, we have to create our own educational institutions, our own entertainment, our own media. Uh, we're not going to live in their world. That's the simple fact of the matter. So either we're going to have a balanced presentation of ideas or we're out of there. What does that mean to you, Dinesh? Well, I think it's, it ultimately is an alternative to civil conflict, because civil conflict, ultimately, you can't be citizens if you don't share the same basic priorities. Why? Because you're not going to fight for me, and I'm not going to fight for you. So ultimately, how do we subsist in this one America if we're really two different people? See, when I came to America in the 70s, Glenn, I thought American politics was an argument between people who had the same goals, but yes. different means. Yes. But now it's pretty obvious that there are a lot of people who want to live in a completely different country than we do. So the truth of it is we can't meet them halfway per se because this is, they want to go to Chicago, we want to go to Maine. So how do we coexist? Well, I think the answer is the only way that I can think of is that we each create our own space, which is to say, I almost, you must call it our own subculture and live completely in it. We don't watch CNN. If they say things about Trump, we don't react to them because we've not seen them and we don't even care. You can't do that in a United States, though. That, that, that's really secession. Well, it, it, it is a sort of cultural and emotional secession. But think about it this way. We, you know, we keep saying we. We say we, they say we. We need health care. We say we need this. But think about it this way. Is it really true that the national anthem today is still their anthem? No. No. Is it true that the, the flag is their flag? No. So the truth of it is we don't really have an American flag anymore. We have our flag, uh, but it's not their flag. I wish I could say you were wrong, Dinesh, but I think, unfortunately, you're right. Now, what do we do about it? I guess that's what the next few years are all about. Uh, how confident are you that we hold together through this election with everything that the left is doing uh, to to advance riots on the streets and chaos in the voting uh, booth. Well, they're behaving like the South behaved in 1860. I mean, they're, they're desperate. They, I think they fear that they're going to take an incredible beating. And so they're almost planning for it. And they're planning to go berserk afterward, just the way that sort of South Carolina did before the 1860 election. So the bottom line is our politics has become very nasty. They're trying to sort of subdue us. And we realize that the only way to stop them is to subdue them. And so this notion that we're sort of fellow citizens in this together, uh, I think has become at the very least quite frayed. Wow. Dinesh, super, super clear. It is uh, 
Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Best of luck on the movie Infidel opens today nationwide. Don't miss it. I'm going to be there uh, and uh, watch it myself. Good friend of the program. Jim Caviezel is the star. He is always really good. Great story from Dinesh D'Souza. Thanks, Dinesh. My pleasure. You bet. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we have Adam Carolla with us now. Hi, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. Um, your uh, your movie is uh, coming out uh, this weekend. No safe spaces. It's coming out on DVD. It's worth seeing. Everybody should check it out. Um, but you also did CancelCon yesterday, and didn't face didn't Facebook try to cancel your ads for CancelCon? Yeah, they did, uh, or they did cancel the ads. <laughs> I mean, it's always ironic. It's ironic when they're engaged in the behavior you're accusing them of, of engaging in, and they're explaining to you that they don't engage in that behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you, you know, it, it always reminds me of this, and Glenn, you must have had this happen somewhere in your career, where you have some young employee and you go, I have to fire you because your attitude is bad. And inappropriate and they go screw you old man right and you go yeah, <laughs> right this is what i'm, ta- this yeah. is what I'm <laughs> yes. talking about yes there are go, times when there are times because if you've ever had to fire somebody it tears you apart but there are some that you fire and they respond that way and you're like yeah that was our that was uh, i made the right call there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> made the right call but but not only did i i didn't make the right call because they were late they're right no engaging in the behavior <laughs> you're that I'm firing them for right. while i'm firing them that's exactly right and you know the, the thing about you know uh, the social media and twitter and uh, facebook and everything here's here's my example they always pull down all these conservative people and they they shadow everyone and they do everything but it's always conservative people, right? Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you make a fuss about it, and then they go, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah, we had a little problem with the algorithm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. It's basically like you go into a diner, and every time you pay the cashier, she shortchanges you. And then you go, you shortchange me every time, and she goes, oh, the cash register's broken. And then my answer would be, if the cash register is broken, wouldn't I get extra change half the time? (laughs) (laughs) And wouldn't other customers, wouldn't every customer, why is it just me? That's my point. Wouldn't AOC get shortchanged? Right. Like, why, if it's broken, why isn't it broken for everybody? Right, right. Well, it's pending review. Uh, so that case is active. We're, we're actively looking into it. So, uh, we'll we'll get back to you on that one. So why did they, why did they cancel the ads? Why for cancel con? Well, I'll, I gotta be honest with you and I'll, and I'll tell you, I'm not a, (laughs) and I think you're this way too. And and I, I think a lot of folks like us are, which is I got that word. And, the first, and I didn't want to go on my program and start bitching and moaning about unfairly being whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said to my, per, I said to, I said to the producers, 
of No Safe Spaces. I said, send me the send me the ad, send me the stuff Facebook pulled off. Because if it said, you know, you know, uh, we're, you know, uh, you know, um, the, we're the in war with black like, people like Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. right. Whatever it said something, right? <laughs> right. I, said, I said, go find it. And then I told my producer, I want you to read the ad. I want you to see if we can flag anything on there. And then he said, I didn't see anything bad on there. And then I said to my producer, I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to try your hardest to make their case. I want you to go make their case to me. I don't want you to make me right. I want you to make their case. What is the reason if you were arguing for Facebook, what is the reason you would say you did it? Because I want all the information. I don't want to just go in there with the info stacked on my side of the scale. I want, I want you to play devil's advocate. And I, I hope you do that with your producers as well. I, I always do. do. I, like, I, I want do. their side of the argument. I don't want anything to come back and get yep. me later on. I want, I want you to make an argument. Pretend you work for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Now go to it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anything, by the way. But <laughs> at least we tried. So here's, here's one very similar. Uh, there was a call that was leaked from Ukraine a phone call between uh, Poroshenko and Joe Biden right after Donald Trump won. Have you heard the call? Uh, no, I don't think I've heard it. Okay, look, can we play that, please? Here's the people they put forward to be part of the transition have to be cleared to do that, just as we had to be cleared after the Bush administration, et cetera. They have not done that. They're trying to catch up and do it now since they fired the guy who headed up the transition just last week. The reason I bother to tell you that is I have been somewhat limited on what I'm able to tell their team about Ukraine. The truth of the matter is the incoming administration doesn't know a great deal about the situation. Okay, so it goes on from there. But here he is saying, look, I can't tell you about things because there's an investigation going on. It looks like there's some crazy stuff happening. Uh, but I, it, it also has stopped me from telling, him, telling them about what you know, we've been doing. So, you know, just be really careful because they don't know what we've been doing yet. Uh, I don't know. Wow. That, that seems pretty bad. But this has been now erased. Well, can I, can I def- yeah, go ahead. Oh, can I defend Biden? Yeah. He was just reading what was in the teleprompter. <laughs> no, idea. he doesn't. No, he doesn't read the teleprompter. He doesn't use one. Mm-mm. Oh, I thought they just loaded up. The <laughs> right, right. So this has been a race from YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all shadow banned. We had to go on the dark web and grab this. This was actually, I think what we ended up doing was going on a VPN and, you know, saying we were in Russia and got it off of YouTube there because it's still up in Russia, uh, still up in the Ukraine, but not here. It, it's not a deep fake, but here's what they said. This is, this is their response on why it had to be banned. It is certainly an influence campaign. A dis, uh, a, a, uh, it's misleading to an audience that doesn't have the full picture. Since when, yeah, is, well, when is that the standard? Well, it's interesting. Their new thing is say the information is not accurate and then in the event it it is accurate then say it's out of context right they need more context now right. i don't i don't know how can you get more context out of 30 seconds if it's just 30 seconds of an ad campaign or twitter or a soundbite 
of a phone recording, like, where's the context? Well, obviously, there's not much context to short form things. And but it's weird. So they go from inaccurate to not enough context. I I think there's a third strata, which is because your father said so. (laughs) How do you think this is going to end up? at the in november do you think we're we're headed towards an impasse here i the way i kind of feel about this stuff is in in, in, in what we're talking about in the in the news and how they're you know in the bag for biden and and social media and stuff like that it may work it will work. It does work in the short term. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you running this campaign. So I believe that CNN is, is kind of making a deal with the devil. And I also kind of believe a lot of these news outlets and, and, and a lot of this uh, social media, I think they're making a deal with the devil, which is like, this is good short term. But big picture, like I work with a whole bunch of young guys and I said to them the other day, CNN, if you were watching CNN five years ago or three years ago or eight years ago, what did you think when you story? And they went, I just thought that's what happened. And I said, what, when you watch CNN today, how do you feel? And they go, well, I feel like I have to investigate and get the other side of the story. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, that's what CNN is doing to themselves. Also, CNN and a lot of these places and a lot of these outlets, they are uh, probably, to their chagrin, making Ben Shapiro into a superstar. You know what I mean? Making a lot of voices on the right. They are building these people up. Like, you know, I was saying, I was doing an interview uh, with the Daily Wire yesterday, and I said, you know, the reason we know who Dan Bongino is is because (laughs) of what they're doing. I'm telling you, I think they will have played a huge role in the re-election of Donald Trump should he win. I do, do too. Yeah. Look, it's really, to me, it's kind of a timing thing. Like, if, if the election was six months from now, it would be it would be a layup in in terms of what their role was in mm-hmm. a negative way. Right. It's sort of like what what CNN is doing to the Democrats and and Trump is and for Trump is sort of like what the rioters and the looters were doing for the Democrats. Like yep. just stop. Yeah. Just stop. And yeah. so please don't go out and do any more of this. You're actually pushing people <laughs> the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam Carolla, thank you so much for being on with us. The uh, The movie comes out on DVD. If you haven't seen it, uh, you really need to. It's it's really, um, really, really good. Uh, and it's available on DVD uh, right now. Thank you very much. No Safe Spaces is uh, the name of Thanks, it. Thanks, Brian. Na, 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 na.